0: Welcome to Bickering Peaks with Aiden and Lindsay. You're Aiden
1: and you're Lindsay.
0: And you're sick. I'm
1: very sick. I am a sick, sick man. Well,
0: we all knew that. But, but in addition to that, yes, you're ill. You're violently ill. I
1: was violently yeah, ill. Now I'm, I'm recovering. But now I'm in the clogged sinusitis phase of things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I can't talk very well. And I'm a mouth breather for basically the rest of my life, I feel like. Uh, so I apologize to our listeners for this. Also, you're listening to Pickering and Peaks. We should oh, yeah, I guess that. we should yeah. clarify
0: that in case you, you know, stumbled onto this and got this far into the podcast without realizing that this isn't what you intended to listen to. Yeah. Uh, Tune away now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... Uh,
1: Yeah, so my apologies for the uh, awkward sounds that will be coming out of my mouth that are more awkward than normal again. Uh you really
0: sell this podcast <laughs> really well. Well
1: it's it's all true. Um but yeah, we're we're here today with a very cool episode, I think. Yeah. Uh it's a little different, but also a little of the same because <laughs> it's it's a series that I don't think I, I've never heard anything about it. We just kind of stumbled across it when we were going through ID. I remember
0: Aiden when Aiden Aiden's been the one to kind of take the lead on on what we've been doing uh the last several months with the back catalog stuff for mark frost and david lynch and he said did you know that david lynch and mark frost lynch frost productions had a documentary series and i was all over this (laughs) because it's it's i I mean okay so those of you who know the podcast or follow me on on twitter or facebook or wherever you know that i like documentaries i love documentaries so much I'm watching currently uh, for the third or fourth time the documentary series, The History of English, right now. That one's The a English great, language.
1: The English language. Yeah. yeah. That because one's a I great, can't
0: get well, enough of it.
1: Well, and it's that one's I understand, but you have, you watch documentaries all the time. You, they are like you're, when you're interested and you want to focus on something, you'll watch 20 documentaries on that mm-hmm. topic, and when you're just sitting on the couch passing time de-stressing after a hard day at work you also have a documentary on yeah. youtube on in the background and it's i'm not i'm not
0: the only one adam stewart from diane podcast uh he and i had a back and forth the other day where we exchanged uh documentaries as well so i know that there are other people like this out there in the world i'm not the only one
1: not by any means um, but yeah
0: but this is all preamble to say that i was super excited to watch this documentary series, thinking that it was all available online, which it's not. No. Um, probably only about half, maybe yeah, two thirds of the episodes are available on Vimeo.
1: Yeah, I think there, we'll, we'll provide the links to the ones that we could find. Yeah, uh,
0: but the ones that we did watch, uh, we watched the pilot, yep. which is all about Mardi Gras and New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. <sighs> New Orleans. Um, then we watched... Uh, it, either the second or the third episode. I can't... Yeah, I think
1: it was the third episode. We yeah, couldn't find the second Manhattan one
0: Manhattan After Dark. So yeah. it's all about uh, the city of Manhattan, the island of Manhattan. Yeah. Um, then we watched one... Semper ab- Fidelis. Semper Fidelis, which all was really interesting, Marines. all about the Marines. Yeah. And then the last one we watched was about... It was a double episode, yeah. kind of. It half of it was about half, yeah. circus, uh, traveling circuses. And the other half was about truck stops in America. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and each episode, just to be clear, is a half hour it was yeah, twenty four minutes yeah, or something like Yeah, so it's about twenty four like minutes, and yeah, and it's it, so. I mean, those are so some of them are like you know more typical documentary topics mm-hmm. like you know Mardi Gras, like let's talk or about or the that. Marines
0: or something yeah. like that.
1: Um, but then you get into like the the circus one or the truck stop half episodes, and mm-hmm. it's it's much less uh, traditional, and it, it's it's really trying to home in on the feel of this one particular aspect of American culture.
0: Same with Manhattan after dark, I think, yeah. because that one was interesting in that it didn't have, um, a scripted narration. Yeah. It was kind of bookended by this, uh, late night talk show, Call in radio kind of thing, where people would who work night jobs would call into the station and talk about what the city is like at after dark or when all the the workers have gone home and Manhattan famously being or New York City being a, a place where yeah, you know the city that never sleeps. Yeah. They never sleep. So yeah, it was that was really cool to kind of see that being presented in that way. Um It's a it's an interesting series in the sense that it does seem to present slice of life Americana, yeah. which. We'll get into a little bit when we talk about the relationship that this seems to have to what Mark Frost and David Lynch were doing in Twin Peaks that would be coming up. This actually aired in 1990 into January of 91. So it's around the same time that season two was premiering on uh, ABC. So it's very contemporaneous with the Twin Peaks stuff that we've been looking
1: at. And just to be clear, uh, Mark Frost is credited as the creator. It is a Lynch-Frost production, but David Lynch doesn't seem to have had a direct role no it,
0: it? he didn't direct anything yeah. it doesn't look like he wrote anything but i imagine that under that umbrella he probably was you know involved at some point in conversations about it um or he
1: just talked to mark and he's yeah. like yeah oh, it's a great idea do it I, I, yeah holy, or holy what mark.
0: are you doing this week on american chronicles <laughs> yeah. mark you know or whatever but uh that was not a david lynch person. <laughs> i was just gonna say just that so wasn't know.
1: that wasn't great it wasn't no. bad but <laughs> no it was
0: terrible <laughs> but i wasn't trying and i'm not going to try okay. But uh, yeah, so the first episode, Mark Frost did write, directed the whole nine. Yep. The the three other episodes that we watched were written and produced and directed, I think, by uh, a writer named Robin Sistero. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it featured a lot of other people who later came to work on Twin Peaks. There were familiar names in the credits all throughout, Uh, which is really, really interesting just in terms of where this this production sits in terms of the yeah
1: the oeuvre of everything that else that we're talking about so yeah, that timeline exactly yeah um so let's talk a bit about how the it's filmed how sure. each episode is kind of structured and set up it's 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 not like a, a narration heavy uh documentary this series is
0: not a ken burns documentary no, no. at all
1: <laughs> uh the the narrator is richard Dreyfus which is which
0: is cool, cool that was nice yeah, you know early
1: <laughs> 90s richard Dreyfus kind of you know he's a really big name back then especially uh and but he doesn't have a whole lot to do. Especially no. the Mardi Gras one, if if you just want to watch that one, it is a really good uh indication of how the rest of them are
0: filmed. Yeah. Uh
1: it's there's just a lot of like overlaid images and soft fades and uh
0: I'm not even sure how much of it was directly filmed because of this documentary yeah, and how much of it was. Stock footage, stock footage and stuff or because, footage. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem like like there's no indication that this was purposely Made the it Mar- might have been assembled. The Marines the Marine one is ones
1: maybe yes yeah, because yeah. that
0: had interviews. So yeah. clearly that was being done for. And they had before uh, and after shots
1: of yes. the, the the Marines and training And the and same stuff, yeah. same
0: with the truck stop one. There were little um, not interviews but almost like. Um, headshot moments yeah. with each of the waitresses yeah. at this one diner but, on but, the truck stop which, which makes
1: which, me believe that maybe they did film it all yeah uh, it does but it doesn't feel like but it doesn't that. feel like it yeah. yeah so
0: it it almost feels like what you're watching is just a bunch of stock footage about this city that has been cobbled together and then had this for a purpose and and for um a narrative goal which is sometimes elucidated through the use of a narrator like Richard Dreyfuss or the the uh manhattan radio, oh, radio DJ. dj
1: or the interviews with right folks
0: um but sometimes not sometimes there's music that it that tells yeah. you what's going to happen and, yeah. and oftentimes what i found and aiden doesn't necessarily agree with me is that what you know it's it's kind of clear what the documentary is trying to tell you But in an ironic way where they're like in the Marine one, for example, I didn't get the sense that this was glorifying the United States Marines or the military industrial complex in any way, shape or form that it actually takes uh, a bit of a a punch or two, a critical look look at what this institution means. And remember, this is around the time of Desert Storm. It's Mm -hmm. it's a, a fraught period in american war history i guess so and and i think a lot of that is 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 done through clever things like putting music cues that don't necessarily fit what you're watching on screen you know so that you're meant to question it it's done in an ironic sense the mardi gras one is another good example you've got you know scenes of partying and revelry but you've got carmina barana being played underneath it Totally, <laughs> co- totally contrary to what you would expect from a scene of Mardi Gras well, and exuberance.
1: Had, and I don't remember if Swing, Swing, Swing was... On, in the mart, also in the Mar- sing, Mar- sing, 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 sing. Sorry, I'm still sick. Give me a break. Yeah, I, uh, I don't remember if that one was also in the Mardi Gras episode or if it was in the New York one, but it was. It was basically an antithesis. Mm-hmm. It was like here's the fun, ha- happy, upbeat one that you you kind of expect, and then here is yeah, Carmina Burana, and it's like yeah. whoa, this is like heavy, intense. Um, but they played the whole, basically the whole song. Yes. Like, it was almost four minutes of each of them. Uh, of just music, uh to provide that whole mood. And it in that way, it felt very much like Mark Frost trying to ape what David Lynch would do in uh in a documentary yeah, series. It it felt very much like uh he was he wanted to take the artsy approach to TV documentary. Yeah. Uh and he he, he had these loose kind of ideas about, oh, we're gonna do something on Mardi Gras. And mm-hmm. here I'm gonna throw, yeah, Carmina Baran at it because it's kind of over-the-top and and ridiculous, but then so is Mardi Gras. And, sure. Uh, and in that way, it kind of captures the feel of being there when you're not there, uh, which is, in some respects, kind of what a documentary aims to do, right? Uh, but at the same time, it, it adds this kind of like surreal element yeah. to it almost because it, it elevates it to such a crazy level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it, it it kind of, yeah, you're, you're like you said, you're just naturally there going to kind of question it as you're watching because you're like, whoa, whoa, Carmen de Burana, really, Mark? Is that is that really what Mardi Gras is all about? But it works somehow in that in that sense.
0: And that's, that's a good point. I think um, I hadn't thought about it that way, that this was Mark Frost trying to do David Lynch in a documentary sense. But it does seem like the point is less to document truth, And more to capture a mood or a feeling, which is what David Lynch, I think, seems to do. Although he might say he's capturing a truth, Mm -hmm. or trying to illuminate your truth. That's an argument people make about this all the time. That you, you know, it's a very postmodern way of looking at David Lynch's stuff. Which I don't know if there's another way of looking at (laughs) David Lynch's stuff, but not not easily. But I mean, this this kind of takes that approach to a fairly staid. Um, you know, documentary documentaries are pretty much the way that they've been since the '60s, yeah. and I would know because I've watched, watched them, them all. all. That's true. So when you go when you go back to you know um, some of those old BBC documentaries or CBC or National Film Board documentaries from 50 years ago. And you look at one from today; they're exactly the same. They're pretty similar. Yeah. So, how would you shake that up? Yeah. How would you go into a documentary series and do for that what you might be doing for TV for the hour-long drama, mm-hmm. or for a cop show, or for yes, yeah, so whatever. A for yeah, on the air, right. right? Yeah. I mean, that seems to be. What Lynch and Frost were doing in Twin Peaks. It's what yeah. Mark Frost, I think, felt he was doing and, and did succeed in doing when he worked on Hill Street Blues. So I think that that's just taking that approach to a new territory. And that's very exciting. It is, yeah. you know, to be able to step into a new arena and say, you know, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to switch yeah. it up.
1: Yeah. Um, and It's
0: really thrilling.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, even if it's, I mean, is it is it an enjoyable, watchable series? If you go in with that kind of understanding sure. of what you're going to get or you open the you watch the first episode with an open mind and it's maybe more one of those documentaries you have on in the background yeah. because you're not going to glean a lot of useful information about it. I mean, mm-hmm. we got a little I feel like I found the the stuff about Mardi Gras and the, the kings and sure. you know, coronations and yeah. they have all these. Uh, what is that? When the young women come out and pre- uh, are presented.
0: Yeah, like um, when like they, your debut. Your your debut, debut ton ton, ball, yeah, right? yeah
1: what is that in the south the
0: coming out party or yeah, the, there's a word for it i don't think there's a word for it is there Cotillion. a word for it? Cotillion? You, Cotillion? you have
1: your cotillion-esque <laughs> thing for okay uh for mardi gras so so you know like, like the,
0: the truck stop one there were some things yeah. that we did learn about truck stops which yeah. were really interesting to me
1: like johnson's um, in colorado and or uh, johnson's corner, I think johnson's corner yeah, yeah, yeah which wherever. is like this
0: continuously open since the what the 1940s yeah, or something yeah, yeah. this this you know truck and it was stop. there from the 1880s there. when right, you
1: know yeah, people yeah, yeah. were start first starting to go yeah on so i path. mean yeah. it
0: does connect to a broader american history and they're all very american things that you talk about they're i mean american you Chronicles, don't yeah. get <laughs> more american than manhattan or mardi gras or, or marines. the marines <laughs> or truck stops yeah. or you know if there was one about vegas they had there's one about comiskey park there's one mm. about hugh hefner i mean these are very american topics and very american ideas so there is a little bit of history that's to be from that which you would expect from a mark frost produced series. exactly
1: exactly but it's not it's not a something something you go in to watch to learn about the history it's something no. that you will pick up a little bit of history while you immerse yourself in this feeling yes. and the setting that, yes. that they create for you
0: so uh, in that sense yeah it's because at this time you know the Civil War was on PBS mm-hmm. or maybe it wasn't PBS. I don't remember what station it aired it, it on originally. Aired, yeah. um, but that was it was originally airing at this time. So if you contrast that series, which is a very famous Ken Burns documentary that mm. does take the 10 11 12 hour approach to explain four years of war, to this <laughs> 25 minute approach, I feel like I like I learned more about Mardi Gras or I learned more about Manhattan from watching a 22-minute documentary produced by Mark Frost. I learned as much about that in yeah, this way as exactly. I did watching the entire Civil War documentary.
1: Yeah, or Prohibition. About, yeah. You, know, you could have gotten a sense of New York in the 30s through Prohibition, sure, but
0: for the you, most, also you also it get it here. It here yeah. And
1: it really hasn't changed even to 1990. Right? Which is kind
0: of cool. I think that, yeah. that in that sense, it is very successful at what it does. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. It's not exactly um it's not the kind of thing that i wouldn't show this in my class i wouldn't show this to get um (laughs) yeah students unless it was a film studies class or something like that but you wouldn't you wouldn't show this in order to get the full history of it because it does feel like it to me personally it feels slanted it does feel like it comes from a from a uh there's a bias on the part of the filmmaker
1: absolutely and and i think uh the way but I was saying like, because we watched the first two, uh, Mardi Gras and, and New York uh, After Dark, and it was very much, uh, they were very rooted in place. And in and in that sense, uh, they felt very similar to The Return
0: mm-hmm. where, you
1: know, they've created Las Vegas to yes. this T and, you know, they New have York City, New as York well. City, they captured in a couple Buckhorn. shots. Well, Buckhorn is a small town, <laughs> yeah. right? And here you've got New Orleans and uh, Manhattan After Dark. And it does a great job of capturing that feel right away, the same way that Lynch Frost did twenty seven years later, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and that that's really really interesting as as kind of a prelude to that. And I, I was like, oh yeah, this is just this is a love letter to Manhattan mm-hmm. after dark. This is a love letter to the the feeling of carnival and, and Mardi Gras. And you're like, yeah, but they also do point out a bunch of problems with these things. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the caller, callers uh, to the Colin Show in New York is like. I'm a cop and man, this city is just a hellhole. Yeah, right. Like yeah. you do not, you should not go out after dark. You will be killed and this kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh and so you're like, it's more like a, a love letter, you know, warts and all kind of thing. Yeah. That's how you described it. I was like, yeah, that's that's really more of it. And I feel that applies also to the marine one. Absolutely. Uh, because it is I, I felt it did glorify a little bit in that, you know, these are the the greatest warriors. Uh, You know, they liken them to the samurai and other all other great warrior casts throughout history. You know, they combine they they add this historical element to it. But
0: I I do think that that was that was said by the interview subjects. It wasn't something that the narrator was going out of his way to say, this is the way that I'm going to present. this. No, they
1: did. It was Richard Dreyfuss who met draw the comparison to the samurai. I guess. just to just to say, I mean like I, I agree because then there are there were a lot of shots of like, you know, that made you question like or like they had the the, the guy who reminded me of the uh the drill instructor from Full Metal Jacket, right. uh, who you
0: actually said is that the is guy? That the from full guy? Full he, he
1: looked a lot like him. I've never <laughs> seen him without his hat on, of course. So I don't know if it was him, <laughs> uh-huh. but he, he looked and sounded just like him. Uh, and that guy was like, "Well, you know, we're just going to go in there, and you know, if so, our goal is not to kill anybody, but our goal is to win. And yeah. if somebody gets killed, well, that's fine, you yeah. know. And it's like that kind of stupidity <laughs> or or simple minded thinking, I guess about yeah. about what the military's role is. Mm-hmm. Um, is is kind of contrasted to you know combining it, showing these great warriors of of history yeah, you know right so i i thought it was uh it was a great combination of the two it, it really was uh it was capturing the totality of it of that experience of you know looking at the marines and saying yeah they're they've done some great stuff in the field of battle mm-hmm. but you know war is pretty terrible mm-hmm. so let's not gloss over that right Right, and and that way it feels very much like mark frost
0: yeah and so and i think that's that's kind of maybe i mean we've like i said we've only watched four of the 12 13 episodes so it's hard to to make this as a total statement of the whole series but if this holds out for the rest of the episodes i would suggest that this is you know in keeping with that that ideal that we saw in twin peaks that a lot of people think is mostly David Lynch. And it's definitely true that David Lynch does call on, you know, the simpler times a lot in his films. And, uh, and especially in Twin Peaks, it seems like there's a hearkening back to the 1950s, right? That seems to be present here. And this seems to be more of a Mark Frost thing. So there's, there's, that's one point that I wanted to make is that it seems like this is uh, Mark Frost's wheelhouse as much as it is David Lynch's. Um, but I think in my second point to go along with what you were just saying, Aiden, is that um, by talking about the good things, contrasting it with the bad things all in one package, it does seem to be critical of modern things, modern times, modern badness, I guess. The, yeah. the bad things that are happening all seem to be rooted in in this sense of modern crime or modern... Things that are happening in modern day.
1: Show your titties.
0: Here's the beads right? in. Yeah, New like the New yeah. Orleans one that, yeah. that seems to be, you know, they, they talk a lot about uh, the history of, of New Orleans being and Louisiana being a French colony and how after the Louisiana Purchase, there was this vacuum. It was the first time that Louisiana didn't have a king. Yeah. So they created Mardi Gras and the kings and queens and royalty of Mardi Gras in order to fill that void. So it has this history, which is really cool. But now it's become this vacuous thing where it's celebrities are the are the kings yeah. so it almost seems like there's there's a a, criti- a subtle critique yeah. there it's not overt but if you look for it, it's there. Well, and I get the sense that you—if yeah. you look for it in the Marines, you'll find it there. If you look for it in the Manhattan one, yeah. the only one that doesn't seem to really have that was the truck stop one. I felt well, like that seemed a little bit more.
1: They had—I mean, they had a few, but it was shorter. So it maybe it was shorter, like, but they did have a few hints about like uh, you know they're involved in so many traffic accidents, yeah. and they talk about how they don't have any lives because they're on the road so much, sure. and it was really more focusing it on the human element and mm-hmm. uh, you know the difficulties which human space you,
0: you could say. Is a criticism of consumerism and exactly yeah forcing
1: these people to to be on the road and in the circus
0: one i mean i had trouble watching that one just because i personally don't agree with circuses as an animal animal lover so i mean you know seeing bears on balls and lions and whatnot like
1: elephants climbing each other and stuff yeah yeah, i
0: just i have a problem with that i don't know if that was intentional or if that's just me reading into it but you know, if that critique is there, you can find it. Well, right?
1: I, and I think it was interesting about that one was because there was, there was kind of this hint that circuses are dying. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, all they interviewed were circus people. Yeah. They never interviewed anybody attending a circus, no. which I thought was really interesting. It was because the clowns and the, the, clowns the, and the acrobats and, and the owners and stuff. And everybody was very kind of defensive about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was maybe an indi- indication of the fact that entertainment... Habits are changing in yep. the early 90s. I mean, uh, video games are coming out. Uh, kids, VHS. VHS. Players. Yeah, exactly. There, there's more options for entertainment than, than there were. Uh, and we talked a little bit because we have friends who went to circus school and, and, you know, learned the tricks of the trade, like juggling and acrobatics and all this stuff. Um, and you know, you they, know, they
0: make their livings as street performers yeah, and, and doing tours things. in that way. But
1: because probably I, I don't know this. We didn't. Again, you can only get the best research from the Bix. But uh, we didn't look this up. But I mean, I imagine circus uh, attendance is down overall compared to imagine it is. the nineties and stuff. I'm sure it's not as strong a business model as it as it was even then. And I'm sure the writing was on the wall at this point. So I feel <laughs> if you were watching this in the nineties, you'd be like oh yeah, these guys are, you know, that that's the cognitive dissonance. It's almost like that's what yeah. this this show did really well, was provide just enough cognitive dissonance that if you're looking for it and you find it, it's going to trouble you a little bit. Yeah. And it's going to keep you thinking about, oh yeah, that episode of American Chronicles brought up that one good point that, that yeah. counteracts all my positive feelings about yeah. this topic. It provided that little counterpoint that's going to nag on
0: me. That is such a fantastic point. And that's exactly how I would look at um, the totality of David Lynch's work, the totality of, of a lot of Mark yeah. Frost's work is this, the sense of cognitive dissonance where you're going to look at something and it's going to make you question just enough to make you uncomfortable or to make you, to make it linger. And I think that's, that's a huge point, a huge good point. Yeah. Well done, Aiden. You should be <laughs> sick all the time.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what I
0: need. Just
1: <laughs> constant illness. Maybe would a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that would do the trick.
0: So how do you see this relating to Twin Peaks?
1: Well, I I think we've we've touched on a lot of the major points already. I think it does fit thematically mm-hmm. it's Americana mm-hmm. uh, it, it, we didn't get into small towns but the truck stop one had a lot of that kind of feel well
0: it had diners and a very gratuitous <laughs> shot of, of some cherry pie pies. Yeah. So, and you it know. had a
1: Leo Johnson-esque uh, semi truck which yeah. we realized which we found out cost $105,000 back in the yeah. day so, so I can't even imagine what they are now but
0: when that truck was <laughs> impounded I mean that no wonder Shelly and Bobby money. were upset about the fact that that, was a, that, that yeah. wasn't going to be coming back to them yeah
1: that was worth a lot of money uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it definitely fit in that way uh and i think it did illuminate again for us which i don't think is a big surprise for us at this point but any listeners who are just dropping in on this episode uh it showed how much mark frost is really Tied into that American psyche that we usually credit Lynch for exploiting so specifically in, you know, Blue Velvet and uh, Inland Empire and uh, Mulholland Drive and all the all the rest. You know, the uniquely American experience of Lynchianism, Mm -hmm. you know, the evil underneath and the mundane over top of the the crazy or whatever. right? Right uh but that that's here too you mm-hmm. know i think even in a pure mark frost project whether or not he was influenced a little bit more by lynch's uh presence at this time or if this was just something he'd always wanted to do uh it really illuminates just how much he had a role in performing that
0: yeah exactly and, and i think that that shows really clearly i mean like we said he didn't write and direct all of these episodes but he produced them all and he is credited as the creator so he had a hand in it and I totally believe that he's the kind of guy who would be involved, even if he wasn't there every day, he would still be involved in it. So it does speak a lot to his, to Mark Frost's um, senses and, and sensibilities, I guess, when it comes to um, filmmaking and and what he was putting out there. Um it does seem to have, like like Aiden mentioned, you know, the, the truck stop aspect. We, we did see a lot of diners and coffee and stuff like that. Um, lots of smiling waitresses. Uh, I love that that each of these episodes had some moment, with the exception of the first one. I don't remember this happening in the Mardi Gras episode. But uh, uh, it, they each had a moment where you would see the faces of somebody involved with uh, what, whatever the topic was yeah. for that episode. So when they were, you know, in New York, you'd see a janitor, you'd see a, you know, a fishmonger yeah. or whatever. Well, they'd cut them night.
1: really quick together. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you'd
0: get just a snapshot. It would be like a headshot, right? Of these people. So you get to put a face, maybe not a name, maybe not a voice, but you get a face of the people who are doing these things. And you know the diner, you got it. Um, the or Marines, the truck stop diner. The Marines means they had actually, before and
1: after they went into boot camp. Yeah,
0: and stuff. exactly. Yeah. So you get a sense of who these people are, even if you don't know who they are. You get a full kind of a full picture, or at least a full picture of what they want to present, uh, what the filmmaker, what um, Mark Frost as a creator wanted yeah. to present or put uh, on the screen. Um, and I thought, in a, in a sense, that was that was like. Very tied into the way that Twin Peaks does its casting and right. how this is these aren't glamorous people. They're not, I mean, okay, they're all actors and actresses, so they're m- far more beautiful than Be- better people.
1: looking than most. Most yeah. of us.
0: Yeah. But they they fill roles in our society that are not glamorous, and they fill roles that are real, you know, like there there really are, you know, diner waitresses like Shelly and Norma out there, and we see them in the truck stop. And there really are truck drivers like Leo out Well, not that those truck drivers are Leo, but, but they hold the same job. And we saw that in the truck stop episode. There's, Um,
1: there's the Marines and, and, uh, the captain or no. Colonel what major Briggs.
0: You know, <laughs> oh ladies? my gosh, Sorry. you really that are all, sick. The,
1: <laughs> all the ranks. And no, but Briggs, and then yeah.
0: and then in, in the return you have, you know, at the Pentagon and yeah. you have um local law enforcement, Lieutenant Knox, uh, you have Ernie Hudson's character, you have yeah. all of these people who come together in in these roles, you see them, you know, sort of represented, or at least a hint of that in this Marine episode. Mm-hmm. Um the uh in the New York episode, like I said, you had all these nighttime, you know, delivery men and yeah. security guards. And, and those are jobs that you can imagine, you know, James as a security guard yeah, at the Great exactly. Northern, you know, at, yeah. with uh, Freddie Sykes. You know, like all of these, these are all um, the, the kinds of people that populate the stories that they wanted to tell in Twin Peaks. So I feel like that that really, that was an important link for yeah, me. It's something definitely. that really stood out for me.
1: No, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, too, because... Uh, Especially like, yeah, I mean, the easiest way to, I mean, if you read Storytelling 101, like a.k.a. any Disney film, uh, it's to create a, a, a family that's high up, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's following the Shakespearean code of kings and queens. And that's who people are interested in. It's Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the easiest way to build tension when uh, you just say, well, this person's really important. They have a lot of people who count on them or are responsible to them or whatever. Uh, and then everything they do has weight and meaning behind it. But when it's just a, a small town girl who's been murdered, you have to create that pathos out of something else mm-hmm. and and it's it's finding it in that in that basic American spirit here. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting.
0: So did you enjoy the, I, the the experience of watching this? Yeah,
1: no, it was it was an interesting little show. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have much to say because I mean, frankly, 40 minutes or whatever, however long we watched only, I guess, I guess almost two hours actually worth. Uh, but again, there's not much really going on. There's not much to, to talk about. Um, and it's something that is better just experience. So yeah. absolutely go watch the one of the episodes and, uh, see what you think. Um, but yes, I, I, I enjoyed it. In again, once I got past that first, like the first 15 minutes of the Mardi Gras episode, I was like, the fuck am i watching like i literally <laughs> yelled that out loud to Lindsay when i was watching up here in the in the office <laughs> on the computer she's like i know it's great right and i'm like yeah yes and then once you get into that flow you're like yeah this is really great for giving you that just that feel and uh it it succeeds that way for sure so i i enjoyed it did you
0: yeah i did i thought um i, I think it was mostly because of it being so different from mm-hmm. most of the other Thousands of hours of documentary (laughs) programming that I watch on a regular basis. So it really did, um, it captured my attention. I would like to see somebody do something like this, updated, you know, not 1990, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, modern day Manhattan or modern day Louisiana since Katrina. You know, would be a fascinating thing to look at how the city has recovered or not recovered in in yeah. in various turns, or look at Las Vegas, or look at um, truck stops, or yeah. you know the things that, well, yeah, that are like, now different because it's thirty years later. You know, how- well,
1: exactly. Like uh, the, the truck stop one, I was the whole time I was thinking, like, what? man? These people are all going to be out of work in twenty years when automated trucks take over, and that's that's a huge concern because trucking yeah. is one of the the highest paid. Uh, and for media, like semi-skilled workers, mm-hmm. right? Like you need to learn how to drive a big rig, but beyond that, you don't need many specific attributes or anything like that. So it's, it's an open market and you know, lots of people do it, um, and they make good money. You know, as soon as the automated cars take over, I mean, there, there's going to be, I think it was like a one and a half or 2 million Americans are going to be out of work like that or something. And it's going to be. It's going to be an abrupt change, right? So so
0: I think that's why this show at the time probably felt like it was documenting um, something that was going to be lost but hadn't yet been lost. So yeah. doing it today, we're so much closer to that and there are so many other topics that could be tackled um things that have changed weather patterns have have wreaked havoc on yeah. you know uh farmers and and crop production and stuff in the united states and canada and throughout europe so i mean you could do a whole show yeah, you could do the about, idaho episode sure, you know and it's just know, like or, here's or how farming has changed in ranching idaho. you could do a montana yeah, episode oh, yeah. you could do about the logging industry you could do fisheries oh, yeah. you could do like you know there are so many different things that could be done if that valley absolutely
1: that no episode. absolutely yeah. and i think yeah.
0: that that i mean if we're reading into this the way that i think we're supposed to Mm -hmm. which is that this is documenting um that kind of change from one way of thinking or one um cultural norm to another then there's a lot of potential there for future episodes so um once again, Mark Frost, if you're listening and you're ever <laughs> interested, <laughs> you would have two very loyal watchers yes. right here if yeah. you brought this back. Absolutely. Let's you know you rebooted Twin Peaks. Let's reboot <laughs> American Chronicles and then see where we go. But yeah, no, I did. I did enjoy it a lot, and uh, uh, we will be including the links to the four episodes that we watched. And from those, you can find the other ones. The same guy on Vimeo has uploaded all the ones that he has available. Yes. So definitely, I think. Give it a shot and see what you think. We'd love to hear um, what your thoughts are on that. And uh, where are we off to next?
1: Next week, we have a very special interview. Yes, we do. With Andrew Grievous. Yes. At 25 Years Later site. Yes. Uh, Your boss. and My boss. (laughs) uh, Our friend. uh, He's uh, been running this site for just over a year now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk to him about... You know, a lot of things, what Twin Peaks, uh, you know, the net natural questions we always ask, you know, how would you get into Twin Peaks and all that stuff, but mostly about uh, the website, the community. Uh, the return, all that fun stuff, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and
0: and because it's going to be released, um, it's it's the one year anniversary, the birthday of twenty five years later site. So this, uh, as we said, you know, last week or the week before, I can't remember, um, Andrew's interview with us is taking the place of where Twin Peaks would have been in the natural progression of our podcast, which just kind of happened that way. Yeah, it just worked out. Uh, so uh, we're really excited to to be able to showcase the. The fine work that Andrew has put in, and that the writers and editors on the site have put in. Um, I'm excluding myself from that because yeah, I don't yourself. think I do anything. No, you're, you're useless. But <laughs> but everybody else does wonderful work, so I'm I'm really excited to showcase what they're doing. Um, and plus, it's just really cool to be able to to do another interview. We haven't done one in a while, and yeah. and to be able to connect with people again. Um, in the broader community I think that that's one of our favorite things is talking with you people so with you people
1: you people you you folks out there yeah you folks
0: so we hope that you guys will join us again for next week's episode or two weeks from now I guess yes two weeks from now with Andrew and uh,
1: yeah we'll look forward to seeing you then
0: thanks for joining us for this one
1: If you're enjoying the show and want to join the conversation, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bickeringpeaks, all one word.
0: You can also follow us on Twitter, that's at bickeringpeaks.
1: Or you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review or comment. We'd love to hear from you.